A grand concourse stretches magnificently north to south, decorated to impress with intricately detailed frescoes depicting immensely powerful and twisted creatures battling one another. Gladiators and warriors stand victorious and defeated throughout, with no gory detail spared. Decorated to impress, but also intimidate. Many a powerful and influential person has gaped in awe and had their stomachs turned at the sight. Those who paid attention, anyway. A small bridge stretches across and above the concourse. Atop stands two individuals, identical save for their finery, though both are extremely fine. Bickering like spoiled brats and completely unaware of the nightmarish majesty around them. Regardless of their attention spans, however, they would never catch the women watching them from behind a stone wall. One woman is clad in fine leather armor and a cavalier's feathered hat, dangerous blades at her side. The other in a flowing yellow gown adorned with subtle gruesome motifs and jewelry, both postured with their own versions of lethality. That of a wicked assassin and a tyrannical queen, respectively. From their side of the wall, the stone is transparent, the queen gingerly touching a glyph on the impossible stone with a single finger and listening intently. After a good length of petty arguing between the twins about next to nothing at all, she pulls her meticulously manicured finger away with faint exasperation, cutting off the clairaudient magic. The women stand in silence for a moment, the assassin watching the queen with curiosity. I would eagerly end this squabbling, if you wish it, mistress. The queen gives a sharp, chiding look in response. You know better than to try and know my mind, Miss Fallowglade. Yes, of course, mistress. The assassin nods and dips forward subserviently. Those two will be their own undoing. Their childish quarreling is of no concern to me. Their immense privilege that fuels it, however, does. Our pockets will be lined with their gold, and these fools will do themselves in before we need to bother lifting a finger. The queen admires her neatly lacquered nails, grimacing at a small smudge left on the pad of the finger that was touching the grimy wall. She then strides out of the room with the assassin in tow. A few twists, turns, and doors through this labyrinthine vault, and they enter the concourse at the bridge. The twins now standing in seething silence, their argument perhaps paused, if not complete. Impressive, no? The queen gestures to the grand surroundings, and the twins blink in relative surprise, as if seeing the walls for the first time. With seamless timing, they glance sidelong at each other, holding back snickers. Fanciful, at least. But we didn't come all this way for fantasies. The assassin shifts with annoyance, 
but the queen is steadfast. Follow me, young lords, and I will show you fantasy brought to life, dreams brought to fruition, and the means to your ends. The assassin smirks at this last line, its true meaning obviously lost on the self-important children of haughty nobility. The twins don a mutually skeptical look before stepping aside to allow their host to pass. And the queen leads them through the twisting corridors and into a room clearly designed to cater to the upper crust of society. Before entering, the exotic smells of expertly crafted cuisine waft through the doorway. Spreads of expensive food and rare and costly beverage displayed and presented by well-groomed service staff. The twins' inner Epicurean cravings delight in the offerings, and the noticeable fact that they do not need to share any of it with other guests, though a stab of petty jealousy at each other's presence cannot be masked. The assassin rolls her eyes at the mockery they make of themselves, at how easily read they allow their emotions to be. After some gorging and more petty bickering, the twins settle in their chairs with belts bulging. The queen and servants alike hardly masking their disapproval and disgust, all of which is continuously lost on the twins. After a while, the twins remember the purpose in being here at all. What is it you wanted to show us? The queen stiffly walks to the far end of the room and motions to the staff who quickly placed two very comfy chairs facing the wall. The twins offer quizzical looks in return, but when the queen touches a glyph upon the wall, transforming the opacity into sudden transparency, they eagerly rise from their dining thrones and make their way to the viewing window. Deep beneath them sits an arena, marred with blood and recent death. Servants dragging the carcass of something monstrous off the battlefield. A single warrior panting among several fallen comrades. Impressive indeed, though it's no erorium, but still so far below the surface. Their eyes glued to the scene, despite their full bellies, their eagerness shows a very different hunger for a very different meal. I do not operate on mere fantasy, you see. I test. I train. I breed and I craft. With purpose. She raises a hand, signaling someone far below. A handful of men and women are prodded into the arena with spears and polearms at their backs. Basic and crude weapons dropped at their feet. From the other direction, a massive spider-like creature steps forward. Atop the spot where its arachnid eyes should be sits the upper portion of a scarred and warped elf-like horror, holding a deadly glaive. The alarming amount of thuds from its eight legs instills exponential fear into the soon-to-be victims. Some begin to cry and attempt to flee, stopped by the bladed weapons behind them. Others stand there resigned already beaten into submission. At least one lifts a weapon, however fully aware of the futility. The monster looks up at the window, knowingly, and the twins balk at the image and squirm at the stare. The queen smiles cruelly. 
this is what awaits your enemies. Our enemies. This and much, much more. The queen gives a nod to the creature below, and it steps forward with precision and evil glee. Horror and excitement strike the twins dumb, and it is a slaughter. Creatures and denizens of the Uncharted World. This is Freeman from Uncharted North, and I am plugging your ear holes now with a little bit of a favor to ask. We really, really could use some help on the word-of-mouth end of our project. We want you to go out and tell a friend about one of our shows, or possibly the potential of future shows that might be in their interests. Word of mouth is incredibly important for a small network like ours, and each and every one of you can help another listener find us by mentioning us to, I don't know, a friend, uh, a game master, a dungeon master that you know, someone in the street. Pick a rando uh, wearing a cool hat or a gnarly shirt or some wicked boots. Just think about what Scott might wear and pinpoint that person, uh, and then you pretty much bet they're going to be into this. Um that would go such a long way for us. Um, and we assume that some of you are already doing this because you're still listening. And that's really, really great. So we'd also like to remind uh, those who are doing this and helping us out uh, but have not done this yet uh, that we have a free public Discord where most of our dedicated fans hang out with uh, the crew and chat on a daily basis. You know, we chat about it all. We have laughs. We, we uh, support each other uh, with mental health. We just talk about gaming and different uh, games we want to play and movies and music and whatever. We talk about all of it. Uh, you can hit that up uh, easily through our website, unchartednorth.ca or unchartednorth.com slash discord will we'll, uh, send you straight to an invite link. And if you really like it, have the ability to help us move forward in creating um, more shows and receiving cool rewards in return. We've been working really hard on our Patreon structure uh, you can go to patreon.com slash uncharted north and find uh, what we have on offer for various tiers to become more involved, uh, a couple uh, little bits of paraphernalia and fun things, and um, and goals towards the future of what other shows we want to produce, how many more we would like to produce, and so on. Um, but that's it. Uh, we really, really appreciate you listening. Um, we hope that you've enjoyed most of the episodes so far. We hope you enjoy today's episode. We hope you stick around for more episodes as we uh, push forward and do more and more fun things. I don't want to take up any more of your time, so that's it from me. Thank you very much. Love, Freeman, a.k.a. 
the barn. I've met the Bookburner in passing as the heroes return to the vaults with the icons they need. He did not impress, and the fire of my anger was stoked when I was told his tale. He will touch no books in my library, save the blank journal I have given him. Better for him to put a book to good use rather than treat them as a means to some other arbitrary end. Perhaps his first-hand accounts will be worth something. I've been given this journal by the librarian ghoul. He did not seem impressed with me. Angry, even. But my plight does not need his whims of approval. However, and I'm unsure why, I don't hate the idea of recording this. So here I am, documenting what I thought would be a quick lend of my sword and a return to my ancestral home. But after what I've seen, well, we entered a room, a temple or altar of sorts covered in limp, desiccated hands cut at the wrist. Placing the icons upon the altar, a low, thrumming power exploded in magical force, knocking us over and unbarring the way forward and further into this wretched place. It was already so much more than I expected, and no one could have expected what happened next. The actual ghost of Otari appeared before us, and agreed to guide me, the descendant of Volrajani, back to the surface. I was beside myself. But then, the most terrifying thing I've ever seen happened. An impossibly large and seven-fingered hand came down through the ceiling and reached into the strange stone altar, lifting out a hateful ghost who attacked all of our minds with incredible power. She grabbed Otari by the neck, spat hatred and vitriol at us, and warned against going deeper, dragging a choking Otari down into the depths. Reeling from this unbelievable experience, these heroes of Otari licked their wounds much faster than I would have given them credit. Their resolve bolstered one inside me I did not know was there. I cannot turn my back on this. And so I won't just as Vol would not. And these heroes, mark my words, they are heroes, accepted my offer of help. And before I knew it, we were fighting aberrant monsters and heading deeper and deeper into the moaning depths of these so-called abomination vaults. Okay, we gotta, we gotta talk about something here. Here, are friends. Oh boy, we gotta talk about something. Are we in trouble? Um, it's just a phase. N- no, no. <laughs> um, we need to talk about the fact that we are officially already into book two Woo! of Abomination Vaults. Yay! Fucking right. <laughs> we have finally gone past book one. In fact, we've been past book one. 
but it wasn't obvious or clear because of the way they're written, uh, which brings two things to mind. Uh, one is like, you know, those anyone who plays these games, and especially those who run them, um, will understand how much hindsight is twenty twenty. You know, you constantly trying to figure out how do I portray this story, and then you think, oh, I could have done that. Not necessarily better, but different. And then you get over thinking about, oh, if I did it different, then we wouldn't be where we're at now. And is where we're at now cool and awesome? You know, and I think it is. So I've been going through those motions a lot lately. So I just want to throw that out there. The other thing is directly related to this. And it's what James brought up a wh- uh, not long ago about the possibility of there being some poor writing uh, from chapter to chapter here in the sort of what, what seemed to be a... Uh, an incredible coincidence <laughs> when coming back to town, needing these icons of the Rose Guard only to have one, you know, very recently swept up and stolen. And I think the thing is, is that it's 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 a kind of a technicality. I could have done it differently. I'm not sure I would have. But basically, book one ended around the time you met Otari's ghost. And book two started when you went to go look for the icons effectively now for our story this is this is the beginning of book two and chapter five as far as i'm concerned but the reason it's written like that is because they kind of when paizo writes the books they do write each one as if they're pseudo standalone adventures so you can start in book two without having played book one technically and needing to have read the whole read the whole way through that seems insane which is and it's like, it wouldn't be nearly as good, but you can kind of do it. And so uh, basically the end of book one is you can't get past the barrier uh, effectively. And the beginning of book two is finding a way past the barrier. And so that's why it's sort of, it is written in a uh, sort of unrealistic coincidental timing. But the reason I wouldn't didn't change it and wouldn't have changed it, even though I thought about it, and I did feel a bit shitty about it for a sec, but I thought, no... What I did instead was build uh, Carmen's momentum, which is not written in the book. Uh, so all of that was was my choice because I wanted that part where he takes the sword to be have a little more meaning to you guys. Mm, oh, that's cool. And so timing, yeah, I, I get it. It's not. It's it's a little bit on the nose, but everything else was was building to it. So I wasn't too worried about the timing. Right. Uh, so everything felt relatively natural other than the timing which doesn't sound like you could have done anything about it so Mm. honestly kudos to you for making it feel natural had carmen just popped out of fucking nowhere and stolen an ancestral sword it wouldn't have felt earned right but in this case it definitely does it his motivations feel real they do feel earned just the timing was about as as cliche as it could possibly yeah get. oh 100 yeah <laughs> it really was i thought about like i could have done it earlier i could have done it earlier but i wouldn't have had as much a build-up for his character um and because we there's not many bits that build him up throughout all of these episodes we're in the 50s now right and there's there's what three to four different scenes maybe at most if that um and uh so it wasn't a lot to go uh you know a lot a lot of time to, to build up on it but I thought about if I had had him steal the sword earlier, it would have marred his buildup. And even then, you would have had, like, no motivation to know anything about the sword before then. And I wasn't, in retrospect, I'm not sure how I would have handled it. But, like, 
What I didn't expect, but it felt natural in the moment, was Carmen joined you. And I did not, I did not really anticipate that. Maybe a tiniest bit. I, I'm always open to the possibility. But given the way it broke down. I didn't see that coming, personally. Um, it made more sense for him to join you. Yeah, and I, I'm... <laughs> I am wholly not ready for you to have this this like level six NPC on your party. Right. <laughs> this is gonna be ridiculous. He's uh he's the same level as you. That's Shad was never the same level as you, and he was a badass. So <laughs> I might have kill. I might have shot myself in the foot here, but it made more sense. It made sense at the time, and uh, I'm I'm okay with it. And I well, think I think all of the decisions I made along the way uh, culminated in that. You know, especially with like Gilda's siding with him at one point. Uh, or thinking he's the legitimate, you know, uh, uh, legitimately in the race for mayor and, you know, giving him a little bit of encouragement and something like that. There's this sort of like connection almost and this this empathy that I think resulted in his uh, and you guys, you know, sort of creating a sort of ally out of him. Yeah. So I don't know if the listeners know, but um, one of the things Freeman asked us to do during character creation is come up with two uh, people were were we know in the city or have a have a relationship to and rajani is the one one of the ones that gilda picked because yeah. you know the <laughs> the story is that he made her father's gilded armor when he became general so Which, uh it's great like I, I was stoked when you did that <laughs> behind the scenes yeah so there is there is some familial relations there so it, mm-hmm. it would have been weird for her to just turn on him yeah I think that was it. That was like the first intro to him really was you going to pick up the shield that you had ordered and, and then going to buy it, get the steel shield or the, uh, what's the one you got now? Uh, it's a the sturdy shield one? now and it was sturdy a tower shield. shield before. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, that was uh, a great gateway to the intro of that character, you know, with, with no one having any idea that it would result in, in what it did. Definitely. And I mean, for having a big epic tale to tell, it's not like every coincidence has to come off as hackneyed, and I don't think that one did. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you have to have some of those big kind of dramatic... For sure, yeah. So you watch any TV show that tries to do, like, a a big story um, over a long period, they do, don't usually do a very good job of... Uh, or they often fail in doing a job of telling you how much time has passed. So you almost are ready to forgive any what what appears to be a coincidental timing um in this case it really was but like i'm also operating on the fact like you know just forgive it because it's more about what was done rather than when it was done in this case in my opinion so yeah i think uh i think we're in a pretty neat situation here just to Um, clarify so you wrote the part about him kind of trying to upset the balance in the city to become mayor it's part of the story of him him like you know sort of personality wise like he um, thinks he hasn't, you know, been given his fair chance, but that's about where they call it. That's about okay, all the information. Honestly, I was fucking stoked on that storyline. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I kind of wish he never yeah. went for the sword, just so we could have <laughs> kept that going in the background. It added like yeah. a little extra. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah the political intrigue yeah. element. Yeah, screw yeah, this dungeon. Like, we well, got I mean, political yeah, intrigue this, to foment. Story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like the, it, there's something going on here and there's in the gauntlet and then there's something going back on, you know, Tari. Yeah. Yeah. So that's I mean, it's what I tried to portray across across the story up until now is was not only is Carmen a bit of a dick, but he showed how charismatic he can be. But I also wanted to sh- him to show that he is not as ready as he thinks he is. Hence the extremely drunk scene. Um, and kind of like being totally compromised and just like fussy, 
you know, him being rude when you first met him, but having that scene out in, out in the, um, the streets, you know, him like making good points about the situation, but also the town sort of shaking their head a bit, not taking him too seriously because they've heard it all before. And I wanted it to be a bit of a, uh, does he, or doesn't he, will he, or won't he like, you know, he's been at it before and he's tried and he's failed every time because the town doesn't take him seriously, but should they, you know, I was hoping that to convey that sort of like, who knows? I mean, I think you did a great job. Like I, I really, I like Scott, I, I'm sure. And, and Duncan, we, we all really seem to enjoy that storyline. Like it yeah. really, it made Otari <laughs> feel real as opposed to just this stagnant place. Things were changing and happening. And it, yeah. it, it yeah. for me, at least it really drove my connection to the town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the part like this uh, story is not built on political intrigue. It has elements of the town in it, like built, built in a bit, but it's not at a political or like social intrigue game. It's a, it's a mega dungeon, right? Yeah. Um, so they, they set you up to put some in, but they don't really hand it to you. So I just kind of went with what I had. And that's, again, that you're right. That's why I asked you guys to have personal connections to see what I could weave in and how personal they were, where, where you know, sometimes up to you guys and your role play and how you approached it. Um, and sometimes some openings were more obvious than others. Yeah. And a big thank you to James Jacob for writing that book. That wasn't a criticism on your writing. You're a phenomenal writer. We've we've run a bunch yeah. of your one shots and um, uh, yeah, and and other other things you've written. So mm-hmm. uh, well well done, and and you know well done to you, Freeman, for for carrying it out the way you did. Thank you. And here we're about to enter Vanessa Hoskins' book to this entry. I am so fucking <laughs> pumped for this. She is one of my favorite it's, RPG authors. It's gonna be so good. So why don't we do that? Why don't we do that? We've already, we're already in here. All the whole the whole picking the icons thing that was her. Let's get into uh, level five. You have officially entered level five. Let's you don't get remember dangerous. what you see in front of you right now. It's basically crumbling mosaic tiles and a rusty iron railing surrounding a circular room with a hole that leads deep down in, but you can't quite see in yet. And there's the smell of acrid, like, chemicals and, like, sulfur and heat and, like, weird moaning sounds. There's slightly and sporadically, uh, you know, coming out of the hole. Like sexy? And uh, not sexy. Not sexy moaning. No. (laughs) Unnerving moaning at best. It's never an Um, orgy. And you you are coming down the stairs towards this this big circular hole in the floor ahead of you. Why don't you guys put yourself in a, an actual marching order here, and then we will see what happens. All right, so Lady Gilda to the front, Kraka right behind, of course. Oh, say Carmen takes up the rear. Why not? Tutlock just ahead of him. So you step forward, and the moaning gets a bit louder as you do. And... You just hear this, and it's suddenly it's actually a lot louder than you expected, Lady Gilda, because just around the corners next to you pop out two slithering creatures that look at least familiar to Tulak. I I think Lady Gilda was there. Lady Gilda must have been there. Uh, you've got two more of these Grothluts that you faced before that pop out with Ugh. their weird slug-like oh, bodies, yes. mm. flesh war, and they're brutal brutal disgusting moan yeah flesh warps but you also hear underneath that moan and lady gilda you can see 
the beautiful gibbering mouther on the walkway around this circle. Jesus Christ. Also mm. heading your direction. And I'm going to show you this piece of art so that you can get a proper perspective of what your surroundings are here and this hole and the staircase that leads down around it. And you're able to tell at this point, Lady Gilda, that it goes very far down. And now, I'll just say it now. It goes 80 feet down. And we'll we'll see what that means just after we uh, roll for initiative and you handle the situation. <laughs> okay. Or we TPK and we never have to know. <sighs> it's going to be sketchy. Maybe. Maybe it won't. Maybe you're going to mop this place up. Um, oh, cool. It looks bigger. It's Ooh. a beautiful piece of artwork, but it looks, yeah. <laughs> it makes it look way bigger than it does on the map. Oh, yeah, you think? Yeah. Ma- maps are a bit weird since they're like strictly top down. So, yeah. I, yeah, it just looks closer to like double. Like you know, on the map, this mm. looks like it's 20 feet. It looks closer to, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it is 20 feet. Circles are weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's get some initiative going. Um, Who's playing Carmen? Why don't we start? Uh, with uh, uh, Lady Gilda. Who's playing Carmen? Um, since you all hated playing NPCs, it's going to be me, I guess. I'll play Carmen. Um, you want to play Carmen? Unless you unless you want to play Carmen. Oh, you can ha- you, oh, you can absolutely play Carmen if you like. Fuck it. I think I was the only one who hated it. I just... I, had too I much thought you all hated it. <laughs> I remember you all saying, yeah. Someone was saying, I didn't like it. And someone, everyone's just like, yeah, it's pain in the ass. Fair and then enough. I rolled my eyes and said, try being me. But <laughs> you lazy bastards! But <laughs> you're lucky that you get to do your your notes ahead of time. <laughs> that is a 16 for Lady Gilda. Lady Gilda, thank you. Uh, Krucka, how about you? You're next in line. A 14 from Krucka. Okay, and Tulak. 25. 25, not too bad. And you want to roll for Carmen? Yeah. That is a 27. 27. All right. Okay. Yeah, um, and let's see what your enemies got. Okay. Here we go. Gibbering Mouther. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. Is going to make its way 20 feet towards the lot of you. And then it is going to shoot some spittle from its many disgusting mouths straight at Lady Gilda with a sweet, sweet 24 to hit? That is a miss with her shield up. Oh! Okay. Um, Just in case anyone didn't remember, I took the defend action because I always take the defend action. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty well assumed at this point. Facts. Um, Okay, so uh, that's that. It is now Carmen's turn. I need Carmen first and foremost, to roll me a will save. 24. Okay. He is immune to the piteous moan of these grofflets for one minute. Okay. And I need a second one for the gibbering of the gibbering mouther. Natty one. Ooh. Uh, that's not good. Um, <laughs> I'm afraid Carmen is going to be confused for one round as the the gibbering pierces the moaning aura 
And since it's his turn, we have to deal with that right away. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. <laughs> um, he is confused, which makes him flat-footed. And he basically is going to... Um, Attack me. Strike at a random target. But actually... What was your immediate plan, Scott? Uh, I was going to start pulling... Here. Yeah, I was going to use a sudden throw. Okay. From where you were standing, or were you going to move? Uh, I mean, I was considering just taking a uh, five-foot step in either direction just to get a better vantage point. Okay. Uh, so I think that's what he'll do is he'll step and get a better vantage point, but there's something about the gibbering noise uh, that's gotten to his head, and he's having a hard time discerning which foe is which. And from where he's standing, I'm going to make all, all three of you and one Grothlet the possibility of his target. Um, and it is going to be the Grothlet. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Okay, so uh, go ahead and sudden throw. Um, which, by uh, by the way, everyone is like, he's got those four, like, uh, light hammers in his belt, and he just, like, one action draws and tosses. Nice. Yes, so I require a perception check from mm. this creature. Okay, perception check. That's a 12. Well, that not, not is good. a critical fail, but I don't think that really matters. Okay. It's, just, it's just flat-footed. Okay, it makes me flat-footed to that attack. You got it. Uh, okay, roll up the uh, attack roll. 26 to hit. 26 is a hit, but not a crit, but damn close. <laughs> and that is going to be for 10 points of bludgeoning damage. Okay, 10 damage. Make sure you keep track of how many hammers he's got on his belt. Should be four total at the start. Okay. And you know what? He's just... Or did we? Hmm. Well, he's still confused, so um, you have to use all your actions. Yeah, and it can only be so, a move action or an attack, right? It can only be a strike or an offensive cantrip, essentially. And then it's up to me to f facilitate any extra options, such as moving. Um, so, assuming he's got sword in hand, I think he's going to like oh. frantically swing that sword at Dulak. Hold on, I made a boo-boo because I forgot that he had... God, already? Come on, man. I haven't seen this this before. <laughs> um, I didn't roll the per extra precision damage for the flat-footed creature. Oh, for sneak attack. Yes, sir. Yeah, okay. Go for it. Nine. Add nine. Okay. And extra nine damage. It, Not too bad. Not too bad. <laughs> That'll learn him. Uh, but again, assuming he's got his, uh, he's got his sword out, he's... Um, going to brutally slash at Tulak, not realizing that is is his ally. So we can go ahead and roll me that, too. Wait, yeah, what? <laughs> yep. Um, remember, you're okay. flat-footed. And, yeah, I'm also flat-footed because he has surprise attacker. Mm. Uh, oh. Yep. <laughs> That's brutal. <laughs> so he will strike out at Tulak. Oh, and miss, motherfucker. He only rolled a three on the die, so that's a 20. Oh. Uh, and then, even though I'm flat-footed, I still beat that shit, baby. Nice. <laughs> Getting cocky early. I love it. All right. Okay. That is Carmen's first painful turn down. Two lock. What do you got? <laughs> oh, boy. So he's going to be confused for 
10 rounds a minute? Uh, no, for one round. Oh, sorry. So on the gibber or on his turn again, he'll be good. Okay, great. But he'll have to do another save. He's immune so, to the Grothlets for one minute. Oh, yeah. Okay. We're speaking of which, you need to you now need to roll me both those will saves. <laughs> the beginning of everyone's turn, everyone. Don't forget. 23. Please. You're good there. Second one. 16. I'm afraid you're confused. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Jesus Christ. But you are also immune to the Grasslet Moan for a minute, and Tulak, you are going to uh, do something similar to Carmen, but uh, you're going to step back, and then you are going to launch a telekinetic projectile. I'm going to do the same thing between all three allies and one Grasslet. Oh my god, the Grasslet! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, roll me it. Roll me it now. Dude, they're so fucking please. disgusting that all you can do is attack. <laughs> <laughs> they really are so gross. <laughs> that is a twenty-eight to hit. That's a hit for sixteen points of bludgeoning damage Oof. as Tulok sends a fucking stone from this crumbling staircase. Okay, nice. not too bad at all. Okay, uh, the first Grothlot is up. Whoa, whoa, Next. whoa! That's your turn, bud. I don't have another. Oh, never mind. You s- step two Get actions back. cast. Yep. Done. Yep, 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 yep. You're welcome. See yep. you never. Um, the <laughs> Grothlot is going to make a claw attack at Lady Gilda. Okay. And it's going to just veer towards her, clawing frantically with this brutal, piteous moan, and it just miss, 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 clang, clang, clang off the shield. Lady Gilda, what do you got? Do I have to roll saves? Oh, yeah. Yeah, what do you got for saves? <laughs> well, I, I wasn't paying attention when you asked him what to roll. Will saves. Okay. Dose. <laughs> says, says the master strategist of this party. <laughs> yeah. I was... I, I don't remember what I was doing. I was doing some other shit. The first one is a natural one for a 12. Ooh. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's go one of two ways, guys, and it's going the bad way. Well, it's going medium way right now. Um, okay, first one is a critical failure, which is going to make you sickened too. Okay. But I need a second will save. That is also a natural one for a 10. Oh, my God. Okay. What? Um, okay, uh, no critical failure effect for that one, but you are confused as well for one round. Can I? Um, can I cast? I mean, I guess I guess it's kind of in your hands, right? Uh, can you cast what? Uh, perfected mind. It essentially allows me to attempt a new will save against that confused. Is it a um, reaction? No, it's an action. Okay, in that case, no. Okay. You can, uh, so basically, you, know, you are now immune, despite being second, you are immune to the Grothla aura, just get that out there, but you are confused, so you are going to strike randomly at any of the three targets surrounding you, uh, either Grothlot or Krekka, and let's see who it's going to be. It's going to be Grothlot to the west. Confusion's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that I was going to check really anyway. playing your favor, yeah. So I just randomly determined your target, so why don't you go ahead and roll me that attack? 17. That's a miss. 
Uh, but you are going to just continue to attack in succession here. Next one is going to be against the same same dude. 26. And the third one's going to be against the same dude. 26 hits, yep. Seven points of bludgeoning. Okay. Four points of good. Mm-hmm. 25, oh no, 25 minus 8 is 17 for the third one. That's a miss. Okay, so miss, land one, miss again. You're scrambling. You don't know what the hell's going on. Uh, Krukka, roll me a will save. <laughs> this is going weird. Okay, first will save is a 20. You're safe and immune to the Grothlets. You're all immune to the Grothlets now. Oh my god, second will save is a 12. <laughs> you are confused. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> um, this is something else. So you're all confused, sons of bitches, and... Let's see here. Um, I think you're in a you're in a much more precarious position for this because your base is practically surrounded by allies. Uh, so I am going to determine of your three allies. You are going to go after Gilda. Give me a swing. I don't want to. A twenty. Oh. Twenty is That's... a meet to beat with my second condition. Oh right. Oh. Oh. Can I use my reaction? <laughs> Uh, you, I don't believe you can because you are flat-footed. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Confused. You can't delay, ready, or use reactions. Okay. Too distracted. Bummer. Let's get some damage in there, uh, big champ. <laughs> big champ. Oof. Uh, 17 <laughs> damage. Oh. Okay, that's not so bad. And I rolled your next two, and they're both against Lady Gilda again. Yeah, you could kill me. <laughs> that would be one hell of a death. Yeah, I really could actually. Uh, okay, so <laughs> you're like a truck striking at least with, a, rage. with a map minus five. Yep. On that twenty, I'd like to use a hero point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. This is going to be the weirdest. James looks like he's going to bite through his lip. <laughs> I really don't want to lose this character to an ally. <laughs> not over, not over a one round confusion effect. Uh, so a hero point by the rules is a fortune effect, which means you must use the second result, which means you can't use more than one hero point per check. Okay, um, yeah, you can do it. You just have to use the second result. Oh, I don't well, see yeah. why. I was thinking maybe because there's fortune and misfortune mm -hmm. uh, effects, mm -hmm. but. This one's sort of more voluntary, so I, th I think I'm going to allow it. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. Another net 20. <laughs> no way. I was just Shoot. about to say, there's no way. <laughs> you got to be joking. Not even joking. <laughs> it oh, might be time to stop shit. rolling with Foundry, because holy if you're getting shit. two 20s in a row and I'm getting two ones in a row, it tells me the algorithm's bugged as fuck. Oh, my yeah. God. Uh, oh, my yeah. God. It's not like it hasn't happened before. Um, let's, uh, let's, yep, okay. Roll me that damage, bud. It's a miracle. My shitty rolling is a miracle. <laughs> 12 damage. <laughs> 12? Whoa. Really? That's it? Two ones. He oh. rolled two natural ones on 2d12. Oh my god. <laughs> Take it. Fuck yeah. You were like that I, let's just like you're 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 just trying to push through the confusion. Use the hero point. 
I mean, you're like still strike true, but you're just trying to distract yourself. Is all I can think of. Uh, uh, you still have one more strike on on Lady Gilda, though. Okay. Kaka, this is another natural twenty. We might be in trouble. It is. This is not. What? <laughs> what? Oh my god. Um. Shit. Well, roll me, roll me critical damage. <laughs> Uh, 24. 24, okay. I don't like it. It could be a hell of a lot worse right now, but this is not good. There's <laughs> still two, um, three enemies to go before my turn again. What do you mean a hell of a lot worse? <laughs> uh, Grothlet number two is up. And it I'm is gonna going die to... Here, no, you're not. Um, how, many, how many HP do you have? 33, and I can't use reactions, so my shield is useless. My AC is lowered to 20. Uh, and these guys are hitting with late 20s, so chances are I'm going to get crit. This Grothlet is going to... It's going to shoot a digestive spew at... Oh, I can't quite reach Tulak, actually. Okay, I think it's going to... Fuck, I think it's going to uh, step up a bit towards Tulak and shoot that digestive spew at Tulak for a... Oh, shoot, sorry. One quick sec that we didn't consider, and I just remembered. Um, James, roll me a flat check. Actually, roll me three. Because for every time you get hit... Uh, you have a chance to break the confusion. First one's a 19, and then a 1, and then a 6. Okay, yeah, DC 11. You get it on the first one, so you're not actually okay. not confused anymore. So, you still want to get hit by all those because they're all natural 20s, but... Um, uh, yeah, but I could have used my reaction to hit Kruga, which was what I was going to do. Okay, well, we can quickly wreck on that because we're not too far gone. So, okay. yeah, why don't you go uh, ahead and do that? You have a I reaction to, to actually smack him? Um... I actually don't know. My retributive strike is when an ally gets hit. Oh, yeah. So maybe not then. And you, your shield's not up. Yeah. I, well, I could have. I, I have a reactive shield, but it doesn't. It would have just added two to my AC, so it wouldn't have affected anything. It doesn't save you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. So am I no longer confused? Is that what it is? You are no longer confused. Correct. Attack of opportunity. Okay. This bitch. I certainly still am. As soon as it's that really... thing steps forward, she's going to strike yeah. out. Yeah, it's so it's the Grothlet steps and spews at Tulak. Oh, it does a step. Never mind. It does a step, yeah. Um, and it's going to miss with the spew with a 14. But it does do splash damage. Oh, my God. I remind myself of splash rules real quick. Um, I think even on a failure, you take the splash damage. Yep. Um... So you're going to take four acid damage, Tulak, and you can roll me your flat check. 16. Yep, that's fine. You're no longer confused, and the Grothlet is actually going to swing at Lady Gilda since she was assaulting it so much. Sorry, um, can I interrupt for a second? Lady Gilda could have yeah. had the AOO on that range attack, though, no? No, uh, no necessarily. Moves. Oh, my bad. Yeah. And anything with the, weird. like, uh, interact or manipulate uh, action or whatever? Um, yeah. Which does not count here. Um, okay, hold on. So, yeah, oh, no, it, it does say ranged attack. Yeah. yeah. 
Is there a stack? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Go for it. It's a 21 to hit. That hits. Nine points of bludgeoning and five points of positive. Okay. You put a pretty big hit into this creature, and it, it swung at you as well uh, in return and missed. And we're going top of the order with the gibbering mouther, which is going to effectively double move... And I need Lady Gilda to roll me a reflex save as it tries to enter her space. Uh, That is a 20. That is a fail, I'm afraid. It is going to engulf you, which makes you grabbed and slowed one. And you basically now have to start holding your breath. And then this creature is going to... Oh, my God. It's going to, like, bite you from the inside, which is fucked. Oh my God, this is actually turning out to be very terrifying. Um, so it doesn't have to grab before it can engulf? No, so it engulf, it strides double its movement, and then you have a reflex save to get out of the way. And if you fail it, then it just wraps itself around you and occupies your space. And then while you're inside, you're grabbed and slowed, but you can escape and you can punch while inside. And uh, it is flat-footed to your attacks while you're inside. Um, And if it happens to take a a base amount of piercing or slashing damage, it will release you. Um, Or you can do an escape check. Um, But while you're inside... Oh, you also take the listed amount of damage in your first engulfed at the end of its turns while engulfed. Oh, the end of your own turn, I think is what it is. So you are going to take 12 piercing damage while it's in there. And actually, I don't think it's going to bite you from the inside. I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around that. But it is going to jaw attack Krukka for a 32 to hit. Oh, that's a crit. Oh, man. Remember when... Remember when... uh, the last gibbering mouther was completely ineffectual to you guys. <laughs> well, remember when you were trying to engulf All somebody the some entire allies. time and we didn't uh, get there? Yeah. So. Okay, you're going to take... That's a crit. You're sure that's a crit? Hot oh, damn. Uh, um, 22 AC. Okay. You are going to take 28 piercing damage and okay. you have persistent bleed from its bites. And that is the gibbering mouther's turn. Carmen is up. Oh my god, that's looking hairy now. Holy shit. Jesus Christ, yeah. Um, Carmen is just going to stride to the south, right next oh, to Krukka. Oh, actually, f- the first thing I need is a will save from him, from the gibbering, of the gibbering mouther. Son of a bitch. That's another fucking natural one. He's confused again. Wait, I rolled my own character oh, sheet. Oh, don't roll your own. That's a 23. What a way to cheat out of that, eh? You bastard. Yeah, that's right. Suck okay. it, Barn. Okay, you're fine. You're I'm no longer idiot. confused and flat-footed, and you are now immune to the gibbering for one minute. Go. Okay. Um, so he strides forward. A lot of And will simply strike out at the gibbering mouther, yelling something. Freeman, that's you. Ye- yelling something? Yeah. You leave my newfound friend alone. And he or some crits <laughs> with a 37. Oh, okay. Nice. Uh, 37 mm-hmm. is going to do it. Roll me some crit damage. Baby. 
34 <laughs> points of slashing damage. Okay, so 34 points of slashing damage. Huge hit. Releases Lady Gilda, who um, basically... Possibly a worse situation for me to be in. Just you wait. You're basically cut free, and I don't even know how... I'm just going to say you just like are forced out of the space. The gibbering Arthur remains there. Uh, you are no longer grabbed and slowed. No longer have to hold your breath. You're doing all right. And the gibbering mouther is going to use its reaction because you attacked it with a slashing attack and it's you basically slash this open. Lady Gilda falls out, but a new mouth forms in the gash and bites back at Carmen uh, for a 27 to hit. Yeah, that'll hit. And he's going to take 13 damage and persistent bleed. And you can continue the rest of your turn. Oh my god. <laughs> no problem. Uh, so he takes that damage and then he steps five feet back out of range. That is the end of Carmen's turn. Okay. And Two lock. it is now... Oh, Carmen's got to take four bleed. And I need a recovery check. 16. Okay, nice. recovers quickly. Very nice, very nice. Okay, now it's Tulak. Okay, uh, so he took that four damage, and then Tulak is going to cast Guidance on Krukka. And then as his second and third, he is going to cast Invisibility on Lady Gilda. Oh, Oh. nice. Well, Clutch. <laughs> uh, amazing. Now it is the Grothlet's turn. Lady Gilda has just at its feet and vanished. The Grothlet, being a mindless creature, Am is going to. Uh, nope, not necessarily. Okay. You, can you imagine? You're just standing there, and it engulfs you from head to toe while you're standing there, and then suddenly you're sli- it's sliced open, and you just like stumble out of it, and then it like forms a new mouth and goes like. It's like almost amorphous without changing its size. Um, Slashed uh, open with the power of friendship. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Grothlet is going to uh, aim forward. Oh, shoot. Tulak. Oh, God. Roll me a retroactive wheel save (laughs) for the gibbering. (laughs) Come on, baby. 23. You're good. You're immune. Beautiful. I'm glad that worked out. Uh, the Grothlet's going to move forward and uh, uh, is going to move away from Lady Gilda in case she wants to use an attack of opportunity while invisible. And the Grothlet is going to attack Krukka with a claw attack. Two claw attacks, in fact, uh, for 27 to hit. That hits. 16 damage. Oof. Okay, uh, he's going to fly into a rage as a reaction. Nice. Okay. Uh, and then a 14 hit with the second claw, which just, I know is going to miss. Now it's Lady Gilda. What she do? Uh, her first action is going to be... Oh, well, does she have to roll a save against the thing? She does. There's a 23. Oh, you're good. You're good and immune. Okay, first action will be to lay on hands. Uh, so that's 18 back. Then as a free action, she is going to use a desperate prayer and call out to her Rory for assistance. And then I would like to use Perfected Mind on this sickened condition. Okay. Uh, I can attempt a new will save against one mental effect currently affecting me. Uh, right, okay. Is, is it, it a mental effect? Okay. Um, it is a mental effect, yes. Okay. 
That's a 21 on that will save. Uh, that's a success. Okay, so she's no longer sickened one or sickened two. I guess sickened at so all. So this allows you to attempt a new will save against one mental effect currently affecting you that requires a will save. Okay. Um, so normally to get rid of sickened is to wretch, right? Yeah. But this is a new will save against the like the effect at its the core. Original so I'm going to rule. I'm going to rule that you 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 get rid of both both uh, sickens. Yeah. Thank you. That's both also values. how I how I would rule that. Because I was wondering how perfected mine would be a better option than this, and that seems like why it would be. Yeah, that's that's yeah. why I did it. But that's my um, that's my desperate prayer for the day. Wicked, wicked. Well used. Uh, okay. Yeah. And now that she's kind of looking as decent as she can be, considering she gave Carmen her last healing potion, uh, <laughs> with her final action, she's going to uh, punch at this gibbering mouther and, and break the invisibility. Okay. That is a 23 to hit. Uh, that hits. And it is flanked. So that is 14 points of bludgeoning, two points of positive, and she is no longer invisible and no longer sickened and no longer confused. All right, and Woo! you turn around and punch this thing, and you basically, like, crack a bunch of teeth, like, gouge into one of its eyes, and it's, like, a gruesome punch, and it takes an extra five bludgeoning because it is weak to that shit. And Kruka, roll me a will save. <laughs> 17. That um, is... Oh, you know what? Could you have raged? Wait, let me just double check rage because you were still confused until your turn. Oh, yeah, that's a reaction. Um, no, no. Yeah, you couldn't have raged. You couldn't have raged. Your reaction, so. Could have raged. Yeah. I'm also wondering if like mental, mentally you could even bring yourself to do it. Um, but I'm afraid a 17 is a fail. Can I give him one of my hero points? You cannot. You do not do this. Uh, can I roll one of my? I'll allow ones? them to NPCs, but not to each other. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm not right. even sure I'll do that. Well, I'm um, going to roll mine then. You got one? Okay. This is a good time to roll it. And that one. Thanks for that invisibility there, Scott. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Yeah, uh, no dice. However, you're, you're now suddenly in a, a much better position. Uh, I'm going to roll to see who you hit between the three enemies and Carmen. Um, and it is going to be uh, Grothlet to the west. Hey, hey. get swinging. Seventeen. Uh, Seventeen is a miss. And then your next one's going to go towards Grothlet to the east. Twenty-three. That's a hit. Uh, Sixteen slashing. Okay, big ol' hit. And then one more swing. It's going to go to Carmen, I'm afraid. You swing through. Watch, this one's going to be in that 20. Oh, eight. Okay, I'll take that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Okay, that is you. You've, you've managed to continue damaging the enemies. Uh, roll me a recovery check as you take four uh, persistent bleed. Mm-hmm. A five on the recovery check. No dice. You're going to continue bleeding. Um, and then Grothlut to the west is going to um, it's going to turn and I think come at Lady Gilda who has just reappeared um, yeah I mean mindlessly attacking 24 24 is a meat to beat but I will use my reaction to kick that shield up to make my AC oh. 26 yeah you will she's back in the game everybody she's back in the game <laughs> yeah uh, Followed up by an 18 and an 8 slash 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 miss. 
a clang miss miss gibbering mouther. Oh god. We're in trouble here, fellas. Oh god. Yep. In a strange turn of events, it devours a grothlet. <laughs> uh, it doesn't, uh, for the exact reason why they are unaffected by each other's auras, that they are very used to each other's uh, company. Doesn't sound mindless to me. <laughs> you can still be familiar with mindless, I think. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of making that up. Uh, I think the gibbering mouther is actually, honestly, is going to. Fuck, I think it's going to re engulf Lady Gilda? No. No, it's gonna it's gonna jaw attack Lady Gilda. Twenty eight to hit. That's a hit for thirteen damage and some persistent bleed. And then it's gonna use an action to grab her with that mouth. So she is flat-footed and immobilized. And then I think one of its mouths on the other side is going to shoot Spittle at Krucka. For an 11, so misses. You call that spit? And Carmen's up. By the way, you can't really flank the gibbering mouth there. It's got all-round vision, so it just, like, attacks from any side possible. Yikes. Okay, um, Carmen delays as Tulak looks and says, Watch out! I think I have something for this! And... His eye goes milky, and he summons a skeletal champion to the east of the gibbering mouther. Oh, skeletal champion! Where's Tulak's murder box? Okay, uh, okay. What else you got? So, what it do? That is all three of Tulak's actions, but now the skeletal champion is ready to rock and roll. So he will strike out with, or they will strike out with the long sword. To the gibbering mouther. Okay. 12 to hit with a two on the die. Nope. Pretty chill. And then <laughs> we'll strike out again at a map minus five for a 24 to hit. That'll hit. Nice. Put it 11 in the fucking points. ground. Yeah, 11 uh, points 11 damage. damage. Cool. It uses its reaction as you slice open with your sword. More slashing damage. Another mouth, and it bites at you for a 16. Uh, that is a miss. Okay. And, and that will be turn. the end of Tulok's turn. Carmen okay. is going to jump back into action here. Right. Good work, boss. And now flanking will strike out with his longsword at uh, the Flesh Warp. Yeah. The Grothlut. That is a 32 to hit. Flat-footed AC. Oof, that's a big old crit. Nice. <laughs> Damn. Twenty-four plus eight for thirty-two well, points. Twenty-four killed it. Nice. So you just slash down on this thing, and your precision damage just like cuts through even more clean, and it ruptures. <laughs> and unleashes alchemical acid and poison all over the place. Everyone roll me a fortitude safe. Everyone? Everyone. In a 30-foot emanation. Oof, forgot about this part. I was actually meant to say at the beginning of the combat if we remember anything from last time. Uh, but <laughs> things just happened so quickly. Uh, so let's yep. say 32 for Tulak. 
That was a natural uh, 20. 32. Okay. And um, Carmen Rajani is a 20. Okay. Let me just quickly resolve some of this. Um, this is called Disgusting Demise. Each creature in area must see the fortitude save or take 2d6 acid damage and become second. So you have 32 and a 20. Yes, sir. Those are both successes. You are safe. Krukka, what'd you get? 23. Also safe. Suck it, Baron. Also safe. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Lady Gilda? My shit rolling streak continues, but I am safe with a 21. Okay, and uh, Jibbering Mother and Grotha, all safe. No one took damage from this. What a skeletal champion? Did you roll that one? Ah. Oh. Not every day I have three characters. They not, um, they not immune to acid. <laughs> Ooh, 12 for skeletal champion. Oh, eight acid damage to the champion. And it would be sickened, though I'm not sure it can be sickened. It's so we won't worry dust. about that. It might even be immune um, to acid. Oh, no, it's not. It's not. Okay. Okay. It's got no flesh uh, to melt away, so. Grothlot dead on the first strike. What else Carmen got? <laughs> and then Carmen is going to. Uh, oh, boy, that's fucking gross. <laughs> is going to. Bah, bah, bah. Sorry, I've got way too many character sheets for a player. <laughs> so did I just a second ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he confusing. is going to use sudden throw again. So okay. I would like a perception from the gibbering mouther, please. The oh, it can't be flanked. Doesn't mean it can't be flat-footed. Okay, perception check coming in for a fourteen. Oh, not great. Fail. So that is a twenty-six to hit its flat-footed AC. Yeah, it hits. Fantastic. So that is going to be nine plus two d six. Uh, 16 points of damage. Okay, plus an additional five from the bludgeoning of a hammer. Booyah. Hot damn. Uh, has he got anything else? Uh, that is it. Okay. Uh, move attack throw, is that that's what it was? Yep. Lady Gilda. Things are turning around, but you're still looking a bit rough. Yeah, Gilda would like to try and break the grapple for their first attack. Uh, okay. It's a 24 uh, unarmed strike to break. And this is against the Athletics DC, I believe, or is it Fortitude DC? I always oh, forget I this. Remember. I think it's um, Fortitude DC. Um, yeah, Fortitude DC. Fortitude DC. That 24 is a fail, I'm afraid. It's got you. It's got you tight. In for a delicious warming hug, like okay. your grandmother would do. With all those masks. Against the Athletics DC, right? No, against the Fortitude DC. It's it's athletics. Sorry, I just looked it up. Oh, it's athletics. Oh, I thought you confirmed it was fortitude. I it's, it, the the original is against fortitude. Is an athletics check versus mm-hmm. fortitude to escape. It's against the athletics DC. You can see it in the chat if you click escape. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Attempt to check using your unarmed attack modifier again. Typically against the athletics DC. Okay, so the athletics DC it does succeed. Hey, okay. that's what I thought. Got him on the technicality. Okay. <laughs> It's the best kind. Uh, so am I... I'm no longer suffering from those conditions. Correct. Okay, excellent. Her second action will be a strike with a map minus four. That is a 23 to hit. Gives the gibbering ether. Yeah. That's a hit. Yeah, she's nice. kind of got a vendetta against this thing at one Get at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that is 11 points of bludgeoning and four points of positive. Okay, an additional five. 
Oh, just more teeth and eyes mashed and destroyed as you punch this thing. What else you got? Anything? Uh, with her third... Shield going up? <laughs> no, I think she's going to go for it with her third action. Uh, okay, she's going for four. it. She's nice. kind of pissed off right now. No, it should be, should be more than minus four now. Uh, minus eight. Cause the, yeah. yeah, thank you. Uh, that is a 12, but I'm going to use a hero point. That okay. is a 16. No dice. Okay. I didn't think so, but she's she's not really happy with this thing. She pissed. Right. Yeah. All right, Krakka. Roll me another will save. Um... Still not still not immune to this uh, gibbering. <sighs> <laughs> We're only in round three, guys. This is, this is okay. so scary. 27, oh, thankfully. Okay, you're good. Yeah, immune, no longer confused. Holy shit. And snapping two, he will just see this pile of mouths and like yammering away in front of him. And if I was any closer, I would have slapped you earlier, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I get that a lot. Um. <laughs> <laughs> he will now fly into that rage he was looking forward to so much before. Okay. And strike at the gibbering mother. Twenty to hit. Oh, if it could be flanked, it would be a hit, but it can't. Mm-hmm. So it's not. Oh, I didn't take bleed damage at the end of my turn. Oh yeah, so that macro I, for some reason is messed up. It got messed up when I put it on you. Um, oh. Yeah, roll me a uh, roll me a flat check, and you will take one bleed damage. Nineteen. Okay, you good. Oh. Sorry, didn't didn't mean to interrupt your turn there. Oh, oh. it's fine. Uh, he was just gonna strike with him at minus five because anger. Jesus, a 19. That's a 5 and a 4 on the die. Oh. Struggling. The struggle is real. Struggling and struggling. Uh, it's a miss-miss. Or it's and a rage miss-miss. Yep. Uh, so, bleed. Bleed me. Yeah, you're going to take... Oh, you're going to take 6 bleed damage. Gross. Oh, and a 3 on the Which recovery. I just to you. We should have been able to handle this fight, but that first round confusion just sucked. Yup. Yeah. Um, We are continuing in the uh, great tradition of stemming the tide with the NPCs being much more effective than (laughs) any of the PCs. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. So... You guys are technically already like usually. I've been I've been playing with my timing and guys' levels. Normally, you would be all be level five here if you were a four person party. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we're over leveled. An extra leg an up. Even. You're over leveled, but you're still and struggling. Yeah. These are creatures we know we can handle. <laughs> right. The rolls have not been. Um, with us. Um, that being said, you only ever handled one gibbering other by itself and one grothlet by itself as well. So. This yeah, but I mean, like, it, I think it's more to do with the rules and the creatures themselves. Like, they don't stack that badly. Mm. But, you know, all of us being confused first round, and then two <laughs> crits by Krukka on me, three in a row. Like, that's, <laughs> that was a rough first round for everybody, except mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's my turn, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> Croplet to the west is going to. Uh, who did they attack last? Um, God damn. I think it's bad at me. No, that was a while back. That was that was round one. Um, right. It did Bye. a three. It did a three attack on Lady Gilda and missed, yep. missed, missed. And I think it's gonna continue its assault, honestly. And it's gonna miss, miss, miss. Okay. Mindlessly attacking. Chibbering Mouther's turn. Yeah, that's, that's where I can does. really seriously, honestly, kill people. Um, 
because it causes bleed damage, um, <laughs> which scares me. Uh, it is going to. It's gonna. You know, I'm gonna roll for it because it's all over the place. I can't. I can't really decide here. I can't make a decision without feeling like I'm I'm being unfair, so I'm gonna leave it up to RNG. It's gonna jaw attack at Krukka. Bring it. Oh, 32 to hit. Okay, don't bring it that hard, but it's not a crit. It is a hit, though. Oh, okay. I will use my <laughs> retributive strike, so you reduce the damage by eight. Okay. So I only dealt ten, so take two, Perfect. and it can't stack the. Um, can't stack the bleed, because you're already on crit bleed right now. Okay, Lady Gilda. That is a 21 to hit. 21 to hit. Uh, that is a meat to beat. Nice. 15 points of bludgeoning. And, and you four kill points it. of positive. <laughs> Finally! You kill it oh, as yes. it tries to grab uh, Krukka. Yeah. <laughs> what, what a wicked reaction that is. Just uh, go <laughs> down! <laughs> Just pummeling it. <laughs> punch, punch, punch. Uh, okay, now it's Tulak. All right. Uh, Tulak will sustain and will also cast telekinetic projectile, bringing down a stone upon this motherfucker. It's a 31 to hit. Uh, that is a big old hit. Yeah, that's a crit. That is Remember 32 that explodes. points a bludgeoning. Well, we'll all take some damage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm worried it's about gonna explode. Give me another uh, fortitude save here. Krukka, what'd 16. you get? You're not Krukka. Uh, Krukka's good at 29. 29, you're good. 16, not so much. Uh, you're going to take 7 acid damage. Uh, and you are sickened 1. Carmen Tulak, skeletal champion. 16 for Tulak. 27 oh. for Carmen, and 10 for Skeletal Champion. Okay, so you're going to take 7. Skeletal Champion's going to take 7. You're both sickened. Well, not the Skeletal Champion. And the combat's done. Combat is done. It was so much hairier than I thought it was going to be. Mm, piece <laughs> of cake. Just a series of unfortunate oh, rolls. Yeah, I don't know how you thought that that was not going to be hairy, because... Last time we talked about how scary gibbering mouthers are, but we just handled it. This True. time, I feel I like I knew we got the gibbering real... mouther was going to be the dangerous one. I was expecting you guys to save a bit more and and like completely just whittle down the grothlets really quickly because they're only CR three creatures. I thought you were going to like eat through their HP really fast, but yeah. it just it was because the confusion. You still managed to hit it, uh, all your enemies, but it was in random order instead of like you know surgical attempts. So it just yeah, <laughs> yeah. The arena's going great so far. I'm loving this. That was uh, that was a hell of a fight, guys. Uh, what do we do here? To uh, can we expedite our um, our attempts to heal up here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably. So Gilda wretches and succeeds with a twenty-four. She then uh, medicine checks herself and gets Ford back. She medicine checks Carmen, fails. Medicine checks Krugga and gives him nine back. Okay. Um, after all that time, she'll have three lay on hands. One is definitely going to her. Yep. Uh, one can go to Krukka for eighteen, and then and how are you looking, Tulak? Uh, I am down 18. Okay, so the third one can go to uh, Tulak for 18. We wait another 10 minutes. 
that's 40 minutes. Carmen can have 18 as well. And 40 minutes will bring Gilda back up to 80 out of 86 because of the compass. And that's kind of where we're at. Is Carmen fully healed with 18? No, he is at 80 out of 95. Okay. So Carmen and Krucka are still down. We wait another 10 minutes. Um, she'll lay on hands on Krucka to give him 18 again. Okay. And then at that hour mark, she will be fully healed and she will attempt another medicine, which is a 26, which is a critical success on uh, Carmen. I also need a recovery check from Krucka. So that's 19 back for Carmen and a 28 on Krucka, which is also a critical success. Uh, 18 back for Krucka. 18. Okay. So we catch all that. Absolutely. Uh, I am full. Skeletal Carmen champion is full. exists no more, and Carmen is full. Okay. Yeah, and uh, gotten 36 and 9, so 43, 46. And he lost 8 40, from bleeding. 44, yeah. Okay, yeah. so uh, 39. So you get 39 back. Yep. So is that he, enough? Uh, he's still down like 38. Holy shit. Took some big hits. <laughs> He's got 94 HP as well, and he was low. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So for the those last two um, lay on hands, they take 10 minutes each, which is 20 minutes. Gilda will pass the compass off to Krucka to give him 20 back, but that's about okay. the best I can do. Um, we can take another 10 minutes, and it'll have been an hour and a half, and I can give you another 18. But That would do it that's, perfectly. That's all I, okay. If we take that last 10 minutes, that would be exactly full health. Okay, so it's an hour and a half. Everybody's back to full health and okay, except for Tulak is blinded or sickened. What is that condition? Uh, yeah, but that would be gone. Sickened, yeah. He can just wretched it, yeah, at this point. Crack ahead a 17 on the bleed, so he's fine. Very efficient, James. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I started doing it the Thank second Christ. the combat ended because I knew it was going to be a mess. It's either yeah. rest for the... Like, luckily enough that lay on hands is a, is a renewable resource. Yeah. And treat wounds takes 10 minutes. So, like, they kind of work pretty well in tandem. But next next level, I think I'm taking continual recovery. So that'll speed things up way faster. Yeah. Cool. Because we, we need a fucking healer. Mm. All right. So we're looking at hour and a half past. We're at noon 30. As far as uh, as far as my calendar is concerned, and I'm Gilda still not sure if we're on the right date. Fucking exhausted. So. <laughs> that was a lot. Yeah, and we can assume the skeletal champion is gone. Oh yeah, hot damn, hot damn, guys! You get your bearings, take a quick breather after all the healing, and then you are ready to set out <laughs> level Gilda's five. Just... You you've entered the arena, guys. Oh boy. <laughs> Oh boy, is right. Made it to the foyer. Gauntlet. Yeah, you Gilda's have in front like of you sitting on the stairs with their shield up, eating like some smoked <laughs> fish, like just just trying to feed herself in the midst of all this nonsense. Tulak turns to Carmen and says, "You can see what we've had to deal with down here. Every step of the way is more and more resistance. This is what faces Otari. We must defeat it." This here is... It really is... Everything you've said and more. I can't believe it. I can't believe this is below us all this time. 
in her own backyard. So close. It's so deep underground, but... But it's so close at the same time. It's... I'm not sure I'm glad to be here, but... But I guess there's a job to do. We are glad to have your sword. And on the bright side, you made it through the first one. <sighs> that was something else. Let me grab me hammers real quick. Just, just <laughs> ten more levels. Ten? How many? How many more levels to go to, Locke? Ten? Is it, it feels like ten. <coughs> Who's counting? All <laughs> uh, right. You have this circular room ahead of you. That's just like this big pit in the middle that goes. 80 feet down, the spiral staircase the whole way down that you can see seems to be perfectly intact. And I will tell, I'm just going to throw it out there right now. That effectively means, you know, you can go check it out, but that effectively means you have three full levels that are appear to be accessible to you right now. I don't recommend going to the bottom, but <laughs> but you might, if you find a reason to do it, you have the option. He's lying. Let's go to yeah, the bottom. <laughs> there must be a pony down there. DPK. And then, so you also, on the other side of the of the hole here, you have a door, and then to the west and the east as well. There are, there are three ways to go. So, which, uh, we start at the one that's not accessible and just work our way around the circle, I guess? That works for me. But they're all accessible. Yeah, but if we start here and we move our way around, like oh, we, we can't go yeah. back to this one because it's the highest platform. Right, it's, it's that's not going to make sense to you audio listeners, but yeah, <laughs> we're going west. Just just trust us. It's going to go west and then possibly start counterclock or counter, uh, clockwise from there. Yeah, the the direction okay. the stairs go. Uh, Carmen, how's your perception? Um, right, my perception is. Uh, Less than middling. Twelve. Uh, I'm, I'm only really focused when I'm uh, when I'm at me smithy. Since you're used to being around those clanking hammers and anvils so much, perhaps now that it's quieter, you can hear a little bit more. Uh, how about you take a look, at, listen at the door? I will, but my tinnitus is flaring up. Carmen's <laughs> 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 gonna go listen to the door. Yeah. My perception. Now is that I've realized mind. I was looking at the wrong spot on the uh, on the character sheet, I probably would have uh, succeeded that um, perception check with the gibbering method. Uh, not that it really mattered. Eh. Um, Wait, why? It's a twenty-two DC. Uh, yeah, but I have a plus eleven to it, and I only rolled with a plus three. Oh, <laughs> so you're so, dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I messed it up. Well, suck it, bud. Uh, okay. Uh, unfortunately, that was a five <laughs> on the die for a seventeen. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, it doesn't hear anything. Which is pretty status quo in this place, let's be honest. <laughs> Even when there is something, you don't usually hear it. Gilda takes the defend action, and with her shield up, she opens the door. Door open. And you check out a room. So it's this octagonal room with a circular pit in the center, but it's covered by a rusted iron gate. The whole room has iron chains hanging from the ceiling, uh, each with oversized manacles attached to them. Um, and beyond this octagonal room is like a small extended hallway with a couple alcoves north and south. Um, and there seems to be torn bolts and scrap metal dangling all over the place, uh, including above the pit. There's scrap within the alcoves that you can, you can barely see from where you're at. 
and uh, there seems to be an old, rusted, and no longer in use winch in the ceiling um, that was once, you know, has, has like dangling chains that would have been attached to the iron grate, um, but is no longer. Right. Over the Rancor pit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, over the Rancor pit. <laughs> oh, yeah. And w- what were those uh, creatures that we just fought called? Grothlets and Gibbering Mathers. Grothlet. Yeah, I was just thinking Jabba the Grothlet the whole time. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, it, it appears to be a prison. I thought the prison was on the other floor. Well, there are manacles. There's a, a, a hole in the floor, and she'll take a step in. Getting a closer look into the room, uh, you see a double door to the north and a double door to the south as well. There's two doors in, in, in each direction, to the north and to the south. Looks like it's not going to be as easy as walking down a set of stairs. Uh, and she steps into the main antechamber of this offshoot. Tulak and Carmen are both avoiding notice, by the way. Okay. Can she hear anything from in the pit? Uh, you do not hear anything in the pit, no. And as you step into the room and everyone kind of comes up behind you, Tulak actually, uh, as you're squeezing through, like Carmen uh, is kind of keeping quiet, uh, but there's a bit of a shuffle as, as Lady Gilda stops to, uh, to listen and Tulak kind of bumps into Carmen, paying too much attention to his own feet, hits the door and makes this like... In the door frame, and Lady Gilda, that's when you hear some rattling in the scrap metal at the far end of the room. Like a chunk, 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 but with like chains and metal, like shifted around as if someone's walking through this like mess and pushing it around. You see, step out from the alcove, a semi familiar looking creature, blue skin, bald draped in chains but this time all of the chains are rusted and red and this creature is hunched over with a feral look in its eyes and it comes around the corner and steps forward and just shoots a gaze straight at you all of the chains and all of the metal in the room just start shaking through this whole area And this creature's just like... (sighs) Stemming the Tide is an actual play podcast of the Adventure Path Abomination Vaults and is produced by the Uncharted North Network. Stemming the Tide uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Stemming the Tide is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Music is composed by Will Savino and artwork by Greyhood. Stemming the Tide is recorded remotely using Foundry Virtual Tabletop. If you wish to connect with us or support this project and projects to come, we can be found at unchartednorth.ca, patreon.com slash unchartednorth, and on all major social media platforms. Links to all credits can be found in the episode description and our website. Thanks for tuning in.